Let's bow our heads. Isaiah the writer called him Emmanuel. He says, the virgin shall conceive and shall call his name Emmanuel. God with us. He's with us today because his word says if two or three are gathered together in his name, he's right there in the midst. So we know his presence is here. So let's just pause and acknowledge him this morning. Our Father, who art in heaven, your name is holy. We give you thanks for this day which you have made. We give you thanks for the privilege of coming to worship you and to join with other brothers and sisters to glorify your name. We ask you, O oh Lord, to bless the service today. We ask you to be glorified in all that we do and say. We ask that you'd be exalted in our midst. We also ask that you touch lives today. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen. Let's welcome the worship team. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Can I get a wave offering in the sanctuary this morning? I know it's a little chilly outside, but we are grateful to be in the house of the Lord. We are grateful for life, for health, for strength. And we're also grateful that it's Christmas season. Yes? Most wonderful time of year, right? Hallelujah. We want to do some carols this morning. Is that okay? Hallelujah. Joy to the world, the Lord has come. Receive. Let every heart Of his love and wonders, wonders, wonders. 
the Lord. Oh, let us receive a key. Let every heart prepare room. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven. Oh, and heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and nature sing. And heaven and heaven and nature sing. 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 Hallelujah. Angels, we have. singing o'er the plain and the mountains in reply echo back their joyous strains y'all gonna help us sing it this morning hallelujah thank you God so we got we jazz it up a little bit so that means you gotta move can you move can you move a little oh yeah
Hallelujah. It is about Jesus. It is about Jesus. The peace giver. The joy giver. The burden bearer. The life giver. The joy restorer. We lift him up this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I don't know how you feel or what kind of week you've had this week. But I thank God for his peace. I thank God for his peace. Thank you, Jesus. We want to lift him up together this morning. That's right, you sing it. Come on. Hosanna, Hosanna, Hosanna in the Hallelujah. Yes, God. Thank you, Father. Let our King be lifted up. Hosanna. Come on, somebody raise it. Sing Hosanna.
Jesus, we lift you up, Lord. Let our King be lifted up. Jesus, we lift you up. Jesus, we lift you up. Jesus, we lift you up. You are great and mighty. You are great and mighty. Because you are great and mighty. Because you are great and mighty. There is none to be compared to you. There is none to be compared to you. There is none like you nowhere. We've searched all over and found that there is none to be compared to you. Hallelujah. 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 To our King. Hallelujah. I will sing. For you are great. And mighty. Oh. Help us sing it.
honor to you, our King. And the scripture says in Philippians chapter 2, Jesus humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even to death on the cross. For this reason, God highly exalted him and gave him the name that is above every other name, so that at the name of Jesus, every knee will bow. If you think it's hard to just raise hand, every knee will bow of those who are in heaven and on earth and even the demons in hell under the earth. Every knee shall bow and every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. When we sing hallelujah, it means praise the Lord. He is so worthy, folks. He is worthy to be praised. He is the King of kings. He is the Lord of lords. He is the very God that has humbled himself to come and live in us. He is God. And it is okay to worship him. It is okay to lift your head. It is okay to say hallelujah. Glory to our King and to our God. He reigns forever. And we either worship him as Lord or we meet him as judge. But every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that he's Lord. We're going to the Father, our Father. He invites us to come and to make our petitions. We can solve our own issues. Some of them he gives us wisdom to, but some we need divine intervention. So as we gather today, it's not a ritual. We truly believe our Father who says, come boldly to the throne of grace where we may obtain mercy and find help in our time of need. Maybe you have a need this morning. It doesn't matter the nature of your need. It could be spiritual. You're searching and you just want an evidence. It could be emotional. You're struggling with some issues in your life. It could be physical. It could be financial. It could be even be in your family relationship. No matter what it is this morning, we can come and we can talk to the Father. He invites us to come and ask you to join together with me and those who are watching by the World Wide Web. We invite you to pause at this moment and let's go in the presence of our Father and make our petitions known. Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, thank you that you love us with an everlasting love. Though you're God, though you're exalted, you stoop low become one of us so that you can bring us to you. We give you thanks today for reconciling us through the blood of Jesus Christ shed on Calvary. We give you thanks, O oh Lord. We give you thanks that we who are cast away, we who are condemned, have become sons and daughters of God. And you told us we can come boldly before your presence. So we come this morning humbly to our Father. You know every need represented here today. Some were pleaded to, to come. Some were excited to come. Some just couldn't wait to come. But never mind, they all came. We all came, God. And so you must, you look at our faces, you know exactly what's troubling us. Lord, we place all our cares on the altar of God. We ask you to meet every need. Touch the sick this morning. Encourage the one that is despairing of hope. The one that is struggling and discouraged this morning. 
the one that has been searching for meaning and has not found it and feel like there is no answer but you are the answer Jesus is the answer we ask you to reveal your very self to that person in a very specific way and cause them to turn to you because you love them Father, we ask you to remember those in financial need. Even as the holidays come and the advertisers are beckoning and many are stressed because they don't have enough for what they need for their family. We ask you to open the doors and to pour out for them, Lord, what they need. Your Jehovah Jireh, send help from the sanctuary. Remember those of our brethren who are recovering from surgery, Sister Anne-Marie in the hospital, Brother Steve, that you have brought out. God, there are others this morning, Sister Haunton, Lord, the others that you have touched and they're completely well, we give you thanks today. We pray that you'll bring salvation to this house. Let none leave the way they came. Draw back backsliders to you, for the time is very near, God, and you love each of us and you don't want any man to be lost. You want each one to come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ as Savior. We ask you to save souls today. Heal broken families. Heal broken families. Heal marriages today, God. Lord, mend family relationship, parents and children today. Father, we ask you to remember our nation, remember our leaders, those in authority. May you guide them that they may make just laws. Even as the Supreme Court, um, Lord God, is arguing about this issue of same-sex marriage and what to do, God, and purchase of what and who to serve. God, we ask you to show up. Show up, Father. Show up, God. Take away the fear. Give boldness to those who know the truth, that they would stand for truth, that they would argue wisely and intelligently. Open the eyes of those in darkness that they may come to the knowledge of the Lord Jesus and truth. Father, we ask your blessing today and anoint your men's servant who will bring the word. And Lord, let your word fulfill the purpose for which you sent it. We give you thanks in Jesus' name. And everyone agrees and we say, Amen. You may be seated. Thank you, worship team. Amen. Amen. We're so glad you came to the house of God today. Would you turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's good to see you. Amen. I'm glad you came. Amen. We're so glad you're here, and we've been praying for you, and we've prepared for you. And uh, especially those who are visiting for the first time, we'll tell you a little bit in just a few more seconds or so. But um, we want to welcome our college students who are home for the holiday. Give our college students a great big round of applause. There's no place like home. We're glad you're here. And maybe there are also family members visiting from out of town to celebrate the holiday or some special occasion. We're glad you're here too. Come on now, let's welcome those family members who are visiting. Amen. And then we want to recognize those of you who are visiting for the very first time. We have a traditional living word welcome we'd like to give you. And our ushers have a specially prepared packet for you but we'd like to identify you. So if you're here for the very first time, would you be so gracious as to lift your hand or stand? Stand, yeah, amen. And as soon as you get the packet, you may be seated. Lots of, oh, wow. Amen, we have right here in both middle columns. Amen, let's do better than that. We're so glad you came this morning. God bless you.
As soon as you receive the packet, you may be seated. Amen. And now is a great time to open the packet. There's a connection card in there. We invite you to complete it legibly. And uh, when the ushers come by, if you would just drop it in the offering bucket. We promise not to solicit anything. We just want to send you something special in the mail. So we want to welcome you, whether you're from near or far, you took time to come and worship with us today. We're praying that when you leave, you'll be encouraged and enriched. And if you don't have a church home, you'd want to come back and worship with us again because God desires all his children to be part of his family. And if this is a church he's calling you to, you don't have a church home, do come back. We're a friendly church with a family focus. So we have ministry to the entire family. Come and check it out. How about those of you who are visiting for the second or third time? Would you lift your hand, please? They also have a card for you. Just keep your hand up until you receive the card. Second or third time guest. We're so glad you came back. And on the card, there's a menu. Do you want to find out any special information that's there? If you will complete it also and drop it in the offering bucket when the ushers come by. Thank you so much. So let's give all our guests, whether they're first or second or third time or visiting from out of town, we want to welcome you and pray God's blessing on you and on your family today. I have some special announcements for you. We want to remind you that tonight... And if you look at your program that you received when you were coming in, we have our Christmas program. And it is at 6.30 p.m. So we invite you to come on out. We usually have a full house. It's going to be a great time. There will be ministry from the littlest one to the most elder, elderly of us. So the entire family across the age line will be ministering. We have drama and dance and singing and poems. And you don't want to miss out. Please come and join in this celebration of Christmas. Amen? And then next Sunday, we have one service only. Youth for Christ Jamaica will be celebrating their 70th anniversary here at our facility. And so it's one service only um, next week, Sunday at 9 a.m. Please do not come at 11. You'll be alone. It's 9 a.m., one service only. Let's come out and join with Youth for Christ. We have special guest speakers. They'll be participating in the service. And we want to encourage them for the great work and impact Youth for Christ has been having all over the world. And maybe some of you have even been Youth for Christers in your country of origin. So we want to encourage them. Youth for Christ Jamaica is celebrating here with us. In, as part of their celebration, they do have a prayer breakfast this coming Saturday. And it's going to be held at the First Baptist Church in um, Plantation. We have tickets here for them. We'd love you to um, participate. They have great um, guest speaker. Dr. Jerry Gallimore will be the chief speaker. And you can join them at 9 a.m. We do have some of these flyers out there. And also the tickets are available at our book table. As soon as you leave, you're very welcome. Just a donation of $15. And all of this goes towards the work of Youth for Christ in touching and evangelizing youth in Jamaica. Amen? And then their big service is next Sunday here. We also want to remind the ladies that this Saturday, the 16th, is our latest Christmas celebration. Where are the ladies in the house? 
I think only this side heard me. How about this side and that side? Where are the ladies in the house? All right. Okay, pastor. See, one side of the house doesn't hear until the second time. Well, we just want to remind you, it's for ladies and big girls. Amen? But if you have a little girl and you don't have any babysitter, please come out. Bring them. We don't want you to stay home. We're going to have a wonderful time together. There's sign-up sheet at the welcome table for those who are coming. And also donation that you can make. Because we generally eat what you bring. Nobody got that. We eat what you bring. So you need to um, put on that paper what you're going to bring. And you eat what I bring. Amen? So we want to come out together and fellowship um, together. We have revival prayer coming up this week. And on this Tuesday at 7 p.m., Wednesday, 7.30, the schedule is here. And, of course, this Friday is our final third Friday night meeting, monthly Friday night meeting for the year. So I want to remind everyone, don't go shopping this Friday night. Let's bomb out the year with prayer. How about that? Amen? It's the last Friday night, third Friday night for the month. So we want to meet for these days of revival prayer. And the reminder is there on your bulletin. The other thing I want to call your attention to and I won't go through them, but please note the holiday schedule. Our service times are different because Christmas and New Year appears at a different time, right in the week. So please take note of the times, and we want you to be here worshiping with us and not be disappointed because you came the wrong time. Those are just a few of the announcements. Please check the rest that's on your bulletin. Amen. At this time, I'm going to invite our senior pastor, Reverend Carl Francis. We have a special presentation for our volunteers, and I'm going to invite him to come. Would you put your hands together, please? Good morning. Well, it's that time of the year when we stop to say thank you to our volunteers, all those who work throughout the year, and they are faithful and diligent in doing all the different things that they do around here. So many different volunteers working in so many areas. And we don't want them to, to go without them knowing that we appreciate what they do. And uh, we want to say an, a little thank you to them. And this is not the reward that they will get. Uh, the heavenly reward is much greater. But at least on earth we can say we appreciate you and thank you. So we have a little thing we want to say thank you through not only our own words, but through a little video as well. So volunteers, here this is for you. It might seem crazy what I'm about to say The weekend's here, time to celebrate A lot of volunteers, no one's getting paid With the air that we all care, it's all in Jesus' name And now we're going to get ready to clap with them, to clap so for the volunteers When they say that Time yeah. to give 
appreciate you and we want you to know that and so now we really have a little gift we want to give you and so we're going to start from the rear if you are one of those who volunteer in some area where you're on the schedule and you regularly volunteer that's a wonderful thing we want to appreciate you and just ask you to leave your seat and just come on up and just take one while there is another song that will be played Starting from the rear. You got volunteers? Dreamed I went to heaven. You were there with me. We walked okay. upon the streets of gold. Beside the crystal sea. We heard these angels singing. And someone called your name. You turned and saw this young man. And he was smiling. As you came, and he said, Friend, you may not know me now. And he said, But wait, 
Let's give them all a big hand. Can we do that? Thank you. Thank you. Musicians got theirs in the 8 o'clock service. <laughs> Amen. The church is mainly run by volunteers. It's a voluntary organization. And so if you have not been volunteering, there's an opportunity. There's a table outside with a sheet. And we're short right now in Sunday Bible teachers for the children. And if you're gifted in that area of um, ministry, we have the curriculum. You don't have to develop one. We just need willing people who love Jesus and are saved and you will be taught. So we have a sign-up table outside. There'll be no one there because you make that choice that you will sign up to serve. It's all for Jesus. We're all serving together in different areas. So no one should be sitting idly because as you hear, the, you will hear the message today. Every one of us has a talent and we have to give an answer. What did we do with that ta talent? So we invite you to, if you have not been volunteering, you're a member of this church, please, there's a table out there, sign up. And if you don't know what you need to do, put other. We'll find out what you need to do and let you know. Amen. But God wants each of us 
to give. Amen. At this time, we're going to continue our worship in our giving, and I invite the ushers to come. And the scripture says we're to bring all the tithes and the offering into the storehouse, which is the house of God. And he says, prove me and see if I will not open the windows of heaven and pour you such a blessing that you don't have room to receive. And many times we do not have because we fail to obey the word of God. We become so fearful that we're incapable, and so we fail to receive what God has. I'm going to invite Deacon Lee if he'll ask God's blessing on you and on your giving today. And those who are watching us by the world, while we're online giving right now. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, as we take time now in the service, Lord, to worship you with our giving, we just ask, Lord, that you will provide as you are Jehovah Jireh. And all that we have, Lord, you are provided. You're the one who's given us the ability to have jobs and earn income, Lord, so that we're able to give. So, Father, we know that your word says that you love a cheerful giver. So, Father, help us to give cheerfully and willingly. As we give, Lord, we pray, Lord, that you use it for the furtherance of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. baby dedications we have not forgotten you you're on schedule and that will be done immediately after the message so um, please be patient and now we have the word of God through his servant for the hour Reverend Carl Francis please put your hands together God is good 
and all the time. Turn to the person right to left. Tell them you're in the right place at the right time. Amen. You are indeed in the right place at the right time. There's no better place to be than to be in God's house with God's people on the day that we recognize as the Lord's Day. And uh, so it's wonderful to have you here today. And uh, we just thank God for you being here. And you won't need to know that you're not here by accident today. You're here by design. And God saw this day before you were born. And he had you planned and you're here today. And he had me also planned. And so what we're going to talk about today is something that he wanted you to hear. And so we're going to pray and ask the Lord to speak through me that it will be him that will speak and do the work that needs to be done. So let us pray. Father, we thank you that your words are life unto those that find them and literal medicine unto all flesh. So we ask you to speak to us today as only you can. May we hear your voice and may we respond to you in a way that we should that will bring glory to you and please you and honor you and worship you. We thank you that you care. We thank you that you hear. We thank you for answering. And so Holy Spirit, have your way now that you will be glorified as we are edified and may the devil be terrified. In Jesus' name. And all God's people says, well, you know, there's a lot of things happening in the world today. And uh, what we, one of the things that's happening is that we're beginning to see Scripture come alive in front of our eyes. And if you're not aware of it and you don't understand it, there is Scripture coming alive. And with some changes that has recently been made, that's happening in Jerusalem, where now Jerusalem is uh, becoming the capital of Israel. That's a, that's a prophetic change that is in the Bible and uh, somehow we're going to in our message today at some point that's going to come back in because it's relevant to what we're going to talk about today and uh, so what we're seeing is things are lining up in the world uh, all the economies and those countries that are coming together some of those countries you see joining together are already mentioned in the Bible some people may not be aware that those countries are mentioned in the Bible and they, they are mentioned that they would come together. And the Bible is written over 2,000 years ago. And yet we are seeing that coming together exactly as the Bible says. And so what we know is that we are getting closer to the coming of the Lord, the return of the Lord. And more importantly is that we are going to be, you know, there is going to be a day, the Bible tells us, when Jerusalem will be the capital of the world and where Jesus Christ himself will reign from Jerusalem. And we're beginning to see some shift, some changes. And uh, that's just telling us what's going to happen. But today I want to talk to you, since Volunteer Sunday, about something that relates to volunteerism. And to let you know, if they'll put my slide on the overhead, if the technology people will get that up there for me. Uh, I need that. I want you to know that God expects every believer to be a volunteer. He expects every believer to be a volunteer. That's a, that's a given. That's a requirement. And um, we're going to be able to show you that from the Scriptures. I'm going to make that statement, and then I'm going to back it up, and then I'm going to come back to you at the end and ask you, do you now believe that? And so uh, hopefully I'll be able to show you from the Scriptures 
that that is true. So, let's, you don't have to turn in your Bibles today because I'm going to put the Scriptures up on the screen and I'm going to read along with you. So that together we see the Scriptures together and we can understand together as I go through them line by line here. Um, not exactly all the lines, but to get the point across and to let you understand that what I'm telling you about is not my own words. And one of the reasons why we're going to do that today is because I'm using the Living Bible Translation and some other translations that you may not have, and I didn't want you to be lost. So I want you to be able to see what it says. So here we go. We're going to begin, first of all, with 1 Corinthians. And we're going to set the premise in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Here's what Paul says. And now, brethren, I want to write about the special abilities the Holy Spirit gives to each of you. Can you say each of you? The special abilities that the Holy Spirit gives to each of you, Paul says, for I don't want any misunderstanding about them. So today we don't want any misunderstanding. We want to clarify, make sure you understand the special abilities that God has given each of you. So what does the Bible say? Now God has given us many kinds of special abilities, but it's the same Holy Spirit who is the source of them all. There are different kinds of service to God. There are different kinds of service to God. You saw today several people coming up. Some worked in the nursery, some were ushers, some were greeters, some worked with the children, some worked with the youth. There are different kinds of services to God. But here's the thing that the Bible says. But it's the same Lord we are serving. So when you serve in the church, you're really not serving the church. You're really serving who? God. And so you need to understand that, that when you serve in the church, you're really serving God. And so it is that that's who you're serving. And he, the Bible says, gives you the ability to serve, as we'll see even more clearly. Let's continue to what the Scripture says to us. So the Scripture continues in this verse. It says, there are many ways in which God works in our lives. That's true. But it's the same God who does the work in and through all of us who are his. So if you belong to Christ, all of us who are his, he's working through us. Now here's what he says. When you come to Christ, first of all, you need to be reminded that when you and I accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, the, the, God comes to live in our heart by His Spirit. He comes to live in our lives by His Spirit. In Sunday school, we sing, come into my heart, come into my heart, Lord Jesus. It was really saying because we know that Christ comes to live in us by His Spirit. So everybody who's a child of God has the Spirit of God in them. And so that Holy Spirit, it says, the Holy Spirit displays God's power through what? Each of us. Say each of us. As a means of helping who? The entire church. So for the entire church to be helped, the Holy Spirit is going to work in each of us. That begins to tell us right away something important. It begins to tell us right away that everybody is valuable. Everybody is necessary. Everybody is important. No one is without importance in the body of Christ. And so it is, it's very, you need to remember that God needs you in the body. And he's put you in the body for a purpose. And you serve a purpose. And it's going to help the entire church means the entire body of Christ. So let's continue to what the scripture tells us. So the Bible says to one person the spirit gives the ability to give wise counsel, wise advice. 
Someone else may be especially good at studying and teaching. And this is his gift from the same spirit. And then he continues to tell us, he gives special faith to another and to someone else the power to heal the sick. There are people in the body of Christ who has the power to heal the sick. God has given them that. Now, I don't know about you, but I would not like to have someone in the church who has the gift of healing, and I'm sick beside them, and they don't exercise in that gift. Wouldn't you like them to exercise that gift? Absolutely. Because that gift is not relegated to pastors or relegated to evangelists or relegated to some special person. God chooses whoever he gives the gifts to, and he alone decides that. We're going to see that for sure. And so the Bible says he gives power for doing miracles to some and to others to prophesy and to preach. And then it says he gives someone else the power to know whether evil spirits are speaking through those who claim to be giving God's message or whether it's really the Spirit of God. In other words, the gift of discernment. To be discerned in whether or not this what somebody is saying is, a, is really from the Spirit of God or is it from a demonic spirit. So the Bible tells us about all these various gifts that God has given the body of Christ. And then it says, still another person is able to speak in language he'd never learned. And then others who do not know the language either are given power to understand what he's saying. And I had a friend of mine, a pastor friend of mine, uh, in the last two weeks I was in Tampa at a board meeting, and he was telling me, he was saying that in his church, there was a brother that was very skeptical about the operation of the Holy Spirit. He was very skeptical about it. He's, he's sort of, you know, weary about it. And so they were having a meeting, and there was a prayer time. And during the prayer time, someone brought an, a, a message in tongues. And he is standing there with his wife, and all of a sudden, he starts to shake, and he brings the interpretation. And so he goes to the pastor afterwards and says, what happened to me? What is this? You need to explain this. And then the pastor explains to him what happened. Because he says, he says I didn't know what I was saying. He just said what God had taken. Because the Spirit of God came up on him and took a hold of him and spoke through him to, to dispel his, his skepticism. Because he was very skeptic about it. And the Spirit of God wanted to know that it was real. There's another brother that I spent time with. I spent um, on a mission field. I was in a mission field with him in Kenya. And we actually slept in the same room. And he was telling me that when he, he was, he's an American gentleman. And he went to Haiti. God called him to Haiti. And he went over to Haiti and he he, he didn't know the language. He didn't know um, um, Creole. That's what I'm trying to refer. He didn't know Creole. And so he, he joined them there. And the first service that he went to, they were just worshiping. And the Spirit of God came upon him, and he started to speak in tongues in another language. And then everybody around him stopped. And he's wondering, what's going on? And when he was finished, they said, you were speaking in perfect Creole. And you were speaking the things about God. You see, God wanted to, to verify with him that he was called there. And so, you know, so we need to understand the Spirit of God is awesome. 
And the Spirit of God in each of us. We have the Spirit of God in us. We have someone with us all the time who can give us wisdom and guidance and direction. And we need to remember that and we need to be, start utilizing that a lot more. He's given power. It is the same Holy Spirit, the Bible says, who gives all these gifts and powers. Look into this. Deciding which each one of us should have. The church does not decide what gift you have. No organization decides what gifts you have. The Bible says it is only the Holy Spirit who decides what gifts you have. Like I told them in the, in the, in the early service, if we decided what gift we have, I would give myself the gift of singing better. I didn't say, not, I didn't say the gift of singing, I said singing better. Now I know some of you don't think I can sing very well, but it's all right, but I can sing. <laughs> And so if I want to choose a gift for myself, I would love to sing more. And so, but I don't get to choose the gift that I have. And you don't get to choose the gift you have. You may like a certain gift or you may like a certain talent, but God decides which one you get because of how he's formed you and his purpose for you and his plan for your life. So, here, so because of that, that's why God wants to eliminate skeptics. He doesn't want schism in the body. That's why I don't need to get jealous of you and your gift, really, because you didn't decide, you, you didn't choose that gift. God gave it to you. And so I don't need to be envious of your gift, and you don't need to be envious of my gift, because we have gift for different purposes. And guess what? All our gifts coming together, working together, help the entire body. And so every gift is important. So what does the Bible says then? So we continue. And so it says, now there is what I'm trying to say, Paul says. All of you together are the one body of Christ. And each one of you is what? Read this with me. And each one of you is a separate and necessary part of it. Turn to someone and tell them you are necessary. You're necessary. You are a necessary part of the body. And I want you to understand that you are necessary. We need you. The body of Christ needs you. And God needs you. And so you need to know that you are, you are needed. And you are necessary. You're not irrelevant. You're not, uh, you know, too, you're, you're not out of place. You are necessary. And so then Paul goes on to say, here's a list of some of the parts he has placed in his church, which is his body. And he names some. Apostles. Prophets, those who preach God's word, teachers, those who do miracles, those who have the gift of healing. Look at this, those who can help others. Did you know that that was a gift? The gift of help. Some people just love to help other people. That's a gift that God given them, the gift of help. And then there are those who get others to work together. You know, you can have, so you, have you have different bosses and one boss can really get everybody to work together and another boss just create division among everybody? And so you have some people that have the ability to get others to work together. And then there are those who speak in languages they've never learned. That's when somebody's speaking in an unknown language. You don't speak. You don't tell yourself to say this word. The Spirit of God takes over and begins to speak through you, and you say words that you don't even understand. That's what it says. A language. But I want you to know who speak in what? What's the word? Who speak in? Well, no, what is, the word on the, what is the word on the screen? Who speak in what? Language. It's not gibberish. It's a language. Say a language. Just because you don't know what language it is, 
doesn't mean that it is not a language. You know, there was another story of a, of a journalist who went to a crusade because he wanted to dispel the myth about this movement of the spirit again. And he was at the back. He came to the back of the service and he stayed there. This was in Chicago. It's a real story. And he just picked a seat. He thought he picked a seat. But God lined him up. And so during the service, this lady beside him, an elderly lady, began to speak in a language. And she began to speak in a language that he recognized because he was a Russian and it was only people from his village that spoke in that dialect. And he could not believe because this woman was not a Russian. She was an American. And here was an American woman in Chicago speaking the dialect from his own village. He was blown away. Of course, you know, he left the service totally different. And the article that he wrote was very different because now he realized it's not gibberish. It's not hocus pocus. It is reality. The Bible says those who speak in languages. It didn't say those who speak in some words. It's a language. People are speaking languages. But they have never learned. Notice very clear. Paul says, you didn't go to school to learn that language. You're speaking in it. So let's go on. So that's 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Now we go to Romans chapter 12. Verify, does it verify, does the Bible says, look at what the Bible says. God has given each of us the ability to do what? Certain things well. Now you know that there are some people that can do some things well. You've been to some places where you know you've been, and somebody, you've been to a function, and you taste something and say, man, who made this? You tried all your life to make it as good as that. And for some reason, you couldn't make that stew piece as good. Or that bread pudding. Or something else. Whatever it is. Some people just have the ability to do certain things well. And that's what's, and, 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 and it's, you know, it's just the way it is. Because here's the thing. What, what they may be able to do well, you can't do. But what you can do well, they can't do. There's a balance, you know. God works it out in a balanced way. So if God has given you the ability, the Bible says to prophesy, then prophesy whenever you can, as often as you, your faith is strong enough to receive the message from God. So we're seeing Romans is telling us about some other gifts. So let's go on what the Bible says, Romans chapter 12, 7. If your gift is that of serving others, then you should serve them how? Well. If your gift is serving others, serve them well. If you're a teacher, do a good job of teaching. And then it says, if you're a preacher, see to it that your sermons are strong and helpful. Which is what I'm trying to do this morning. I'm trying to make it strong and helpful. And so it is that everybody, and it says, if you have given money. Now you want to read that one. Be what? Generous in helping others with it. Now you just understand that. God has given people the ability to make money. Did you know that? I mean, if the kingdom of God was going to be financed, he has to give some people the gift to make money. Some people can make money. And thank God, some people make money and apply that verse. Do you know that? They become generous in what? Helping others with it. Did you, I mean, you may not realize it, but several Wall Street companies and several firms that are in the 
in the Dow Jones Industrial Average on, on, on the stock market are, are, are managed by people who practice that. Colgate is one of those companies. A.L. Williams is one of those companies. These people, how did they get there? They started out by tithing 10%. Then they see God faithful. They raise a 20%. Then they see God bless them even more. They said 30% of their profits. They see God bless them even more. They went 40, 50, 60. Now some of those companies are doing 90% of every dollar they make, they give back to charity. Colgate, by this time, gives 100%. Every time you buy a Colgate toothpaste or a Colgate uh, Palmolive soap or any of those things, all the profits of that, 100% of the profit goes to charity because they don't need any more money. They have enough. How did that happen? Mr. Colgate, when he was going to start business, he went to somebody for advice, and the man said to him, there are two things you need to do. Make a good product and tithe. So Mr. Colgate settled to make a good product, and he had an accountant, and he told him, I want you to keep the separate books to keep track of my tithing. And they did. And because he saw that when he tied 10%, his business grew, he decided, well, if this is the way, he'd go 20%. His business even did better. He says, that's the way. And even 30%, 40%, it just kept going until they don't really need any more money because they have so much money that now they can give 100% of all the profits. But you know, most of us, what we do is we say, oh, it's a church, they want our money. So we hold on to it. And you never experience the blessing of God. So guess what you do? You go from month to month, hand to mouth. One paycheck from going on the street, some people. That's not how God wants you to live. And that's not a prosperity message. This is not a prosperity gospel message. This is just a message where you don't understand how God blesses you. How God works. That if you honor what he says, if you do what he says in the word, he will do it. And God's method of blessing us is through our giving. The, the Bible says if you hold on to it, is going to tend to poverty if you scatter it. And scattering it doesn't mean just bringing it to the church. Scattering it means helping other people. It means, to, it means to, you know, there are other people out there with needs. There are other ministries that have needs. There are other situations. you got to give your tithe first because that's what the Bible says. So you walk in obedience to what it says. And then you will see how God blesses you. And so I just wanted to say that to you about this because it is something you need to understand because many of us, if with truth be known, what we want is some more money. But we don't understand God's way of blessing us with more money. And I wanted you to know that some of these companies that we're talking about that are doing so well. You know, did you know that Chick-fil-A, one of the fast food companies in America, is the most profitable fast food chain per store? Guess what? They close on Sundays. Chick-fil-A does not open on a Sunday. It gives its employees, it gives its employees the opportunity to go to church. It wants them to go to church. And so Chick-fil-A becomes one of the most profitable fast food chains in America because of its stance, the way it takes with God. Because the Bible says, seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. And then what? All these other things will be added unto you. But you know, some people are afraid to do it. They want the benefit without taking the step. 
Well, Chick-fil-A, in the light of McDonald's being opening on Sunday, in the light of um, Windig, uh, not McDonald's, and Burger King, I don't even know the fast food chains them, because I don't eat them. Um, you know, in the light of all of various them, they still don't open on a Sunday. Now, I remember when I first came to this country, Publix used to close on a Sunday. Some of you may not even be aware of that. There was no Publix on a Sunday. When you approach a Publix on a Sunday, on the door was says, see you in church. I saw that with my own eyes in this country. And the, but Winn-Dixie was always open. And so in light of competition, Publix started opening on a Sunday. I don't know how well they're doing, but I just know that in light of all the other companies, I don't know how well they're doing. But the fact of the matter, they didn't start out there. They, they succumbed. Um, Walgreens, Mr. Mr. Walgreens was another company that um, took a stance as well about certain things. I think Walgreens took a stand about pornography magazines. They decided not to carry them. I think if I'm right, that was a store that decided to not carry it in light of all the other stores that were carrying it. And they turned it to be very profitable. Every time you take a stand for the things of God, you're going to find that you're going to do better than you try to go against what God says. It's just the way it is. And you can fight against it if you want, but you will not win until you fall, fall in line with how God has ordained things. So let's continue. The Bible says, If God has given you administrative ability and put you in charge of the work of others, Take the responsibility serious. Those who offer comfort to the sovereign should do so with their Christian chair. So that was in Romans. What about 1 Peter chapter 4? 1 Peter 4 said, God has given... No, let's read this together. God has given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them to help what? Each other, passing on to others God's many kinds of blessings. My special ability is not for my selfish purposes. And your special ability is not for your selfish purposes. My special ability is to help you. Your special ability is to help me. But think about a world where if we help one another. So if you're short your rent and he, she has more, she can give you the difference. And then the next time she's short something and you haven't and you give her. Isn't that a wonderful world? But you know, that's how God wants the world to work. That's how God wants the church to work. Where we are concerned about one another. We just don't pass one another and say, how are you doing? And we don't want to hear, we're gone. By the time they have to say, how are you doing? The person may be in a dire need and we don't stop to hear really what's going on with them. You know, God wants us to care about one another. He wants us to be concerned. He wants us to help one another. And so my gift is to help you and your gift is to help me. And our gift is to help each other. And that's what it's all about. When we begin to help each other, what a wonderful world that would be. And that's how God has set it up. See there? He's given each of you some special abilities. Be sure to use them, Peter says, to help each other. And he says, are you called to preach? Then preach as though God has given himself, God himself is speaking through you. And then he says, are you called to help others? Do it with all the strength and energy that God supplies so that God will be glorified through Jesus Christ. To him be glory, power, and forever. Amen. So it's very clear from the scriptures, you notice that God has given each person abilities. Each person. Everybody has a gift. 
Now here's the thing. Does God expect you to take the seriously the gift he's given you? Let me ask you the next question. Will he hold us accountable for the use of those gifts? Yes. Now let me show you that he will hold us accountable. We're going to show you from the scriptures. So we're going to turn. To this, you can continue looking. It's going to be Matthew chapter 25. Here's what the Bible says. For the kingdom of heaven is like a man traveling to a far country. That is Jesus Christ. It's, a, it's an allegory representing Christ going away, coming to earth, and then leaving. He's gone to a far country. What did he do before he go? Who called his own servants and delivered to them his goods to them. And one of them, to one he gave five talents. And to another, two. And to another, one. Read the next phrase for me. To each according to his what? Own ability. And immediately he went away. So here's the thing. God never expects you to do more than the ability which he gave you to do. He's not asking. Now can I tell you, not everybody's a five talent person. Some people have five talents. Some people have two. And some people have one. Now you know, I talked about that this morning in this early service, and I talked about, you know, you could have four, you could, let's say you have three children. You know, one of them could be a five-talent ch child. One could be two-talent. And one can be one. And you're trying to make the one with one talent like our sister, five-talent. And you're trying everything, and, 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 you, you know, and I mean, you know, she gets an A in English. She gets an A in literature. She gets an A in biology. And she gets a D in, in math. And you say, why in the world? She's just not good at math. And no matter, you're going to try hard. She may pass it, but she's still not going to be good at math. She's just not good at math. But she excels in other things. And then her sister, who is good in math, is not as good as her in literature or biology, or something else. And so we have to recognize the different talents and abilities God has given us. And, you know, so, and so you have this child that likes to draw, and he likes to draw, and he likes to draw, and every time you get a piece of paper, they're drawing something, they're drawing something, and, and we want to say, no, 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 put that down. You, need to, you want to be, become an engineer. Money, nothing to artists. And nobody, artists don't make money. We want to guide the child in a way, different from how God has wired them. By the way, while I'm at it, let's clarify some verse for you. You know the verse that says, train up a child in the way he should go, and when he's old, not depart from it? In the Hebrew, it means train up a child in the way he's bent. That's what it means. I know we use it loosely you know, in different ways, but in the Hebrew, it means train up a child in the way he's bent. You see a child bent to fix things and pull things apart? That you want to guide that child in that direction. You see a child that just want to draw, 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 and just pictures and pictures, you want to guide the child in that way they're bent. Train up a child in the way they're bent. That's real Hebrew meaning. And so, you know, you, in the same way, in the church, you're going to have people with five talents. So guess what? You see them on the worship team. You see them on the Sunday school thing. You see them at the youth thing. You see them on the platform. Thing. And you say, how come they're into everything and not me? Because they have five talents. And you may have two, or you may have one. But guess what? You don't need to get upset, because guess what? You did not choose that you have one. Or you did not choose that you get two. It was God who decided, however he decides that, to give one person five, 
another two, and another one. That was God's choice. The church doesn't decide that. You don't get to decide that. I don't get to decide that. Only God gets to decide that. So here's what happened, the Bible says, because of this. Then he would receive the five talents, um, went, went and traded them, and made another five talents. That's what happened. And likewise, the one who had received two gained two also. So what happened to the one that had one? The Bible says, but he who had received one went and dug in the ground and hid his Lord's money. And after a long time, the Lord of those servants came and settled accounts with them. Can I tell you, God is going to come and settle accounts with us. That's where I'm going today with this. He's going to settle accounts. Because everybody in here, I demonstrated to you from the scripture, you, you have at least one talent. This man got one. You know what he did with it? He sat on it like the people in church who sit on their one gift. He hid it. So we don't even know that you're good at something. You are good at something and you're not using it for the benefit of God. And we don't know because what? You're sitting on it. You're hiding it. And guess what you said? I'm afraid. I'm afraid. So watch, look at what happened. So he who had received the five talents came and brought five other talents saying, Lord, you delivered to me five talents and I have gained what? Five more talents. How many percent is that? 100%. What does that mean? Maximum capacity. He is, he's, he's fulfilled his maximum potential. That's what he did with the gifts. So let's look at the next one. And, and, and the Lord said to him, well done, good and faithful servant. You are faithful over a few things. I will make you ruler over Many things. Enter into the joy of your Lord. Notice what he says to the one who had five talents and gained five. Look at what he does with the one who had two and gained two. So we, so we go on. He also who had received two talents came and said, Lord, you delivered unto me two talents. So look, I've gained two more talents besides them. His Lord said to him, what did he say to him? Isn't that the exact thing? Why? Because it's what percentage did he do again? So one had five talents, each according to his ability, remember? And he gained five, and he got, well done, good and faithful servant. The other one had two, and he gained two more, and the, and the Lord says the same thing to him, because it's not a matter of how many you have, it's a matter of how you use what you have. Are you seeing that? And so it's not about that, well, you know, well, he had five, Jesus, so I only have two, so I couldn't do as much. As, he's not expecting you to do what he gave the five-talent person to do because he only gave you two. You need to maximize your two, and they maximize their five. So here's the thing. We know about Billy Graham. And we looked at Billy Graham prophesying, speaking to millions of people. He has five talents. And he's required to maximize those five talents. Some obscure pastor from somewhere else in a place that you don't even know, he has two talents, and guess what? He's going to end up getting the same reward as Billy Graham. Because you know what he did? In that little town that he's from, a town, you know, I didn't know that in America they had towns of 50 people, you know, but I, I found out when I went to Arkansas and drove through some places. Yeah, little towns of five, five, 50 people, 100 people. Small towns. And if a pastor in that town does very well and he maximizes potential, guess what? 
he's going to get the same benefit as Billy Graham, who's ministered to millions, because Billy Graham was a five-talent person that gained five more. That man was a one-talent person that gained one more. It's the same 100%. He gets the same reward equally. It doesn't make any difference. And it's the same thing with you and I. So what does that say? What does that leave us? It says, then whoever received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew you had one. You're a hard man. Reaping where you have not sown and gathering where you have not scattered. I was what? You know, a lot of people are afraid of using their gifts. A lot of you are afraid. What if, I, what if, I, what if it doesn't work? What if I start and, I, 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 and, and, and it's not? It, no, no, no. You don't need to be afraid. In this church, we give everybody an opportunity to test drive a ministry. You know, you test drive a car. And you can bring it back. We give you a chance to test drive a ministry for several weeks. And if that doesn't work for you, you, do not, you didn't fail, we just move you to another ministry. So you get a chance to find out where is your gifting? Where is it that your God's leading you? But you don't need to sit idle and do nothing. Because remember, he expects every, every believer to be a volunteer. And so when every believer begins to be a volunteer, guess what? The few that are volunteered are not burdened because guess what? We have no people that we can put in the slot. So somebody who would go four weeks straight, instead of going four weeks, they can do one week a month because we have so many other volunteers to help. Are you seeing that? So that's why God designed it, that everybody will be participating. That's why he says everybody's necessary. And that's why you don't need to be afraid. We make it so you don't need to fear you just start somewhere, and you test drive it, and if that doesn't work, we put it to another area. But you also have God has given you a leaning in your heart, a desire in your heart for something. Sometimes some people say, you know, I love children's ministry. I'd love to work. Then work, go there. We'll put you there. Somebody else says, you know, I, I think I like ushering. I, 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 maybe I'd like to be. Then go there. God has put things in your heart as well, desires in your heart, a tendency for certain things. You can start there. But his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. So you ought to have deposited my money with the bankers and had to come in. I would have received back my own interest. Therefore, take your talent from him. Look at this. And give it to him who has what? Who would you have given it to? I think I would have given it to the one who had four. But you know why God gave it to the one who has ten? Because he has the ability to achieve even more. So the one with the more ability, you give him more so you can expand the kingdom more. And so that's what it is. Now here, it is, here this is where this comes in. What I started out to tell you. And I talk about Jerusalem. Here's where this comes in. You need to understand that there is coming a time when we are going to return to earth, which is called the millennium, and we're going to spend a thousand years on earth reigning with Jesus Christ. The preparation for how you are going to reign is now. How you manage now determines how we will rule then. And so you have to be concerned about how you are managing now. And we're going to show you in a little while two things that's going to affect that whole thing. But you need to know right here that one day you are going to be back on terra firma. You're going to have a different body. You're going to have a glorified body. But you're going to be ruling over people. 
And if you've been faithful over a few things, he will make you ruler over many. So earth is preparation, my friends. In the scheme of things, we need to get the big scheme of what God was thinking and how God saw things when he created man. When he created earth and he created man, he had a plan and he was working towards that plan. And one day he planned that he's gonna, we're going to come back here and he's gonna, we're gonna, for a thousand years we're going to reign and we're going to reign with Christ and Jerusalem is going to be the center because Jerusalem is going to be the capital of the world and that's where Christ is going to be centered. And we're going to reign with him. Now that's a whole other series of studies to do, which we're not doing today, but I want to bring it in here so that you can understand why it is important that you begin to do something now. Because if you want to be able to rule with authority and leadership in a higher level, then you need to be able to be, begin to start, let God use you and use the gifts that he's given you. So let's hurry. So we go on to this one. And he says, And cast the unprofitable servant into utter darkness, there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So there is a consequence then for not using the talent or talents that God gave you. There's a consequence. And the Bible tells us about that consequence. Here it is. It starts here. It starts in Romans chapter 14. He says, but why do you judge your brother? And why do you show contempt to your brother? For look at this verse with me. Look at it says, for we shall what? All stand before the judgment seat of Christ. Now let me go, on, let me go to the next verse. And he says, as I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. Look at this now. For then each of us shall give an account of himself to God. Now this brother, Brother Anajah, is married. This is his wife here. And he has children. But I want you to come here for a moment. Now, there is time coming when Brother Anajah is going to stand before Christ by himself. What does the verse says? So each of us shall give an account of his family. Each of us shall give an account of and then okay, sit down for a while. Sister Naja, come. She is going to give an account of how? For herself. They're not going to come as husband and wife. Marriage ends on earth. There is no marriage in heaven, Jesus said. There's no giving of marriages. There's no marriages. Once you get over on the other side, you're on your own. Thank you. Maybe see. That is why you can't let your spouse or anybody else affect your eternity where you spend it. Because you are going to have to give an account for yourself. And can I tell you the most important thing is where you spend your eternity. A good education is wonderful. And a good family life is wonderful. Thank you. From the mouth of babes. Confirmation. But, but, you, but you've got to make sure that your soul is right. And so if your spouse is, is not helping you to go in the direction of God, guess it's a problem. You got to seek some help and try to help them so we can both go. But you got to tell you, you're not going to answer as a family. God is not on call. Okay, the Francis family, please come. 
No, Carl Francis, by himself. Diary Francis, by herself. It's not going to be family. And so you, you have to give an account for yourself. So you have to think about your eternal soul because that's the most critical thing. You know, after, you could have five PhDs. You could, you could be like Onassis who had millions and billions. Of, you could be like Bill Gates with billions of dollars. It will mean nothing when you stand before Christ. You could still own your mortgage. It won't mean anything. You won't have to worry about your mortgage payment then. Rent won't be due. Car payment is over. Hello? You're standing before God and it's about your eternity. Where are you going to live forever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and ever and it never stops? You can't go back and say, Lord, I, I, I now realize, I, I, I didn't understand, I, I really didn't get it, I changed my mind. Too late. Now is the time. Each of us will have to give an account. And I don't want you not to be able to give a good account. Which is why you're getting this message this morning. On this volunteer day. Because you need to give a good account. See what verse 4 to 10 says? For we shall all stand before the judgment seat of Christ. We shall all. And I deliberately decided to make, put the scriptures on the screen today because I don't want you to think I'm just saying some things to you that I'm making up. I wanted you to see it for yourself so you could read it for yourself. So what does it say? As I live, says the Lord, every knee shall bow and every tongue shall confess. So each of you shall give an account. I think I went backwards. Instead of forward, let's go back forward. Okay, so here we go. So then Paul wanted to explain this some more. So he says, look at this. Apollos and I are working as a team. Did you hear that? As a team. With the same what? Aim. But look at it. Though each of us will be rewarded for what? His own hard work. Even when you're working on a team in a church. God is still going to reward you individually. How you perform in that team. He's not even in school, they grade you, the whole team gets graded. You know what I mean? If they sign your team, the team gets graded and they get the grade for the team. But no, not so in this case. In this case, you're working as a team, but God's still looking at you as an individual. And you are going to be rewarded for your own hard work. So if somebody in the team is not pulling their weight and you are, you are faithful and you are diligent and you're working, God's going to reward you for that even though the other person is slacking up and not doing what they're supposed to do. So you don't need to be worrying about it. God will take care of it in the end. See, what I'm trying to say, my friend, is this. There's coming a day when everything will be settled. All issues will be settled. All that somebody has done to you all that you think somebody has gotten away with. All that you think that nobody knows about. All that they think that, oh, this is gone, it's gone, it's never going to be. Oh, no. There is a day, one by one, one by one, you're standing before him. And I tell you something, with God, he has all the time in the world. 
He's not going to run out of time and say, well, he won't have time to do with so many people. And he's going to have to hurry with me. Oh, no. Plus, by the way, you're going to see something that he says, everybody's going to watch, you know. People are going to be watching. God in his kindness has taught me how to be an expert builder. And I have laid the foundation and Apollos has built on it. Let me, let me, so here is it. But there are various kinds of material that you can use to build on the foundation. Some use gold, silver, jewels, and some build with sticks, hay, or straw. What does that mean? It means that when I do something for God in the church, when I work and I serve, God is evaluating that and he's deciding, is that gold or is that silver or is that bronze or is that, is that hay or is that stubble or is that sticks? He's evaluated. What does he use to evaluate it? Two things primarily. My motive and my attitude. If my motive is so that everybody can see me and pat me on the shoulder, then that does, that's straw. If my motive is because I'm doing it because the word of God says I should be a volunteer, I'm walking in obedience to God's word, and I'm doing it whether somebody sees me or don't see me, I want to do it for God because he's done so much for me. That's a whole different motive. And then your attitude of how you approach it is very important. And so God's going to evaluate those things. And so here's what's going to happen. Look at what's going to happen next. Here the Bible says something. I'm wrapping up now. Here's what it says. There is going to come a time of testing at Christ's judgment day. Remember I told you about the judgment seat we stand? There's going to be a time of testing to see what kind of material each builder, each builder, each builder, this builder, that builder, this builder, that builder, that builder, this builder, that, each, this builder. Every builder will be tested to see whether or not you were building on gold or silver or bronze or hay or stick or straw. What did you use to build what you did? What you did for God when you serve him. Were you doing it? So even if you didn't get any gift for this thing or nobody said anything about you, would you still do it? See, those are very important things. Because God's going to check us out. There is a day of, there's a settlement day coming. And I want you to be aware of it. Because I want you, when that settlement day comes, you can hear from him. Well done. Thou good and faithful servant. That's what we want for everybody. And so, the knowledge of understanding what's coming. Everyone work will be put through the fire so that all can see. All can see. Or not keep or not, it keeps its value. And what was really accomplished, then every workman who was built on the foundation with the right materials and whose work still stands will get his pay. That's the payday that's coming, brethren. That's the real payday when God rewards you for all that you've done. All that nobody saw that you did. But God saw that you did it. And the help that you gave to some people that nobody doesn't even know about. God kept a record of that. And he's going to reward you on that day. So that's why the Bible says, do not become weary in well-doing, for in due season. See, that due season is not just now, but then too. In due season you shall reap if you faint not. So as we close. But if your house has been, but if the house he has built burns up because it was made with straw and stick and stubble, 
he will have a great loss. But do, you know what happened? But he himself will be saved. In other words, you'll never lose your salvation, even if you never work for him. But you're going to suffer great loss. And so the Bible says, but you'll be like a man escaping through a wall of flames. So this morning, as we close this part of the service before we do the dedication, the question that you need to, I need to ask you again, would you agree then that God expects every believer to be a volunteer? Would you say that was demonstrated from the scriptures? Yes. And because he expects that, all of us are in the same boat. It's not just some people. All of us. He's going to evaluate all of us. Me, you, person beside you, person in front of you, behind you. We all have the same thing to face. And what we're saying together this morning is, let's start doing something for him. When we have the sign-up sheet outside, if you go outside and you're able to sign up for one of those children ministry work in terms of working with the different grades for the small classes, and if you don't even know where you, there's a place for you to put other, put your name down and your telephone number, we'll contact you. We'll call you. And we'll find somewhere for you to, to, to participate. We'll find something for you to do. There's always a lot of things to be done around here. Always we have ministry areas open. We do a lot of ministry work with the homeless. We've adopted a school. We work with the schools. We do, we do reading pals in the school. We volunteer in the schools where we work in the school's office. We volunteer in the, in the, in the, in, in the headquarters of Brown County School. We have a lot of areas of different people to serve. We serve in the community in various ways. We don't always come and tell you. We serve with Habitat for Humanity where we help build houses. There is something that everybody can do something. If it's even one Saturday to carry some sod for somebody building a house. There is a place for you. There is an area for you. There is something you can do. Because God wants you to be involved. And I don't want to be the pastor that doesn't give you the opportunity. You can't go and I don't want you to be able to say, well, well, you know, pastor preached, but he didn't tell us what to do. I'm telling you what to do now. Sign up somewhere out there if you're not volunteering yet. Because everybody should be volunteering in some way. Let us pray. Our Father and our God, we thank you that you care about us. That you're concerned about every area of our lives. And most importantly, where we spend eternity. So Father, today, for those who have not yet heeded the call to be a volunteer, may they recognize today that you have called them to be a volunteer. Every believer a volunteer in the kingdom of God, bringing your glory and honor. Speak as only you can, God. And I pray that no one will leave the way they came, but will recognize the need to be involved in your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
We're going to dedicate the babies at this time. We're going to ask the families to come and just come bring the babies right up here. And uh, um, just come right up to the front here. If you have a baby to be dedicated today, we have Tyson Anthony McLean. And of course, we have Mother Marisha, Father Leon. We have godparents and others, Yvonne and Deborah. And then we also have, this is a very interesting name. I'm going to pronounce the middle name, Ezekiel. I can pronounce the middle name. It says, I would say Kalonji, but I'm not sure if I'm right. But it's Kalonji Ezekiel Crary. You have Suzette Fernandez's mother and Sean Crary and all others. Shavana Jello is godparent. So just come at this time. And as they come in, I'm going to read a passage of scripture taken from Mark chapter 10. It says, Then they brought little children to him that he might touch them. But the disciples rebuked those who brought them. But when Jesus saw it, he was greatly displeased and said to them, Let the little children come to me, and do not forbid them, for of such is the kingdom of God. Assuredly, I say to you, whoever does not receive the kingdom of God as a little child will by no means enter it. And he took them up in his arms, laid his hands on them, and blessed them. Okay. So who's on this side? It's only like Cologne. Yeah, Cologne is on this side, his family. How do you say it? Did I say it? Kalanji. Okay, so we're okay. We're, we're pretty close. <laughs> Kalanji is right there. And of course, Tyson is over here. All right, so we're going to ask God's blessing on you first. And then we'll ask on the baby because you're going to need wisdom to raise children in the age in which we are now. And you're going to need all the help. Well, you got a lot of help over there, babysitters and dapper changes. Um, no problem. You're getting help too. <laughs> and it will grow. Praise God. But we're going to ask blessing on you first, and then we'll ask blessing on the babies. Jesus was brought into the temple to be blessed. So blessing is important. And so... Let's pray first of all on you. Father, we thank you for these families that have come to bring their children to be blessed. Lord, we know that they will need your guidance. They will need your wisdom. They will need your help in raising these children. We pray right now that you will stand with them. We pray especially for the parents and the godparents and the responsibility that they have and those family members who stand with them and friends who surround them and support them. Lord, we just ask your blessing upon them. We ask you that you would order their steps and direct their path. We pray you'll provide for them adequately that they may provide for the child. And we commend them before you today. For we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. I want to specially charge the godparents for you to know. Who's the godparent over here? Okay. And the godparents over there, where is it? All right. There's a reason why they call it godparents. Your responsibility is that if they don't raise that child in a godly fashion, it's your responsibility to see that they raise it. So you have a responsibility today. Same thing for you as well. All right, so let's start with Kalanji. Did I get that right? Ah, Kalanji, I got it right. Kalanji, come here, my friend. Looking at me, checking me out. Who is he? You're not going to become friends fast. Right, Kalonji? 
a good boy. Tell them you're a good boy. All right, this is Kalanji. Um, let's get his full name. Ezekiel. Wow, Crary. This is going to be a powerful prophet here. Ezekiel was a powerful prophet, you know, Kalanji. Oh, my goodness. Never mind. Never mind. Don't scare you. He says the prophet part I don't like so much. Oh, never mind. Never mind. Where is it? Here you go. All right. You can. There you go. Okay. Okay. Father, we pray for Kalanji. We ask a special blessing upon him. We ask you that you'd order his steps and direct his path. Oh, that the Lord would bless you indeed and enlarge your territory. That his hand would be with you. That he would keep you from evil. And may you never cause pain. We anoint you today with oil in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Be blessed of God. Amen. Okay, never mind. All right. Go to dad. See dad's face. Look, look, look who's touching you. There he is. Ah. Oh, oh boy. All right. So now we're going to go to see Tyson Anthony. Okay, Tyson. Hey, here you go. All right, Tyson. He's interested in the lights. Tyson is about light. Look at that. He's about lights. He sees a famous face, so he sees it, right? Okay. Yeah. You think you can trust him? Oh, shit. So this is Tyson. Let's pray for Tyson and ask God's blessing on him. Father, we thank you for Tyson. We know that no child is an accident, that every child is by design. And you've sent Tyson on a mission. There's a purpose and a plan for his life. And so today, Lord, as he's brought into the house of God, we ask that your hand will be upon him. Oh, that the Lord would bless you indeed and enlarge the territory, that his hand would be with you, that it would keep you from evil, and may you never cause pain. Lord, I pray that one day when he stands before you, may Tyson hear you say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. We bless you now and anoint you with oil in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Be blessed. <laughs> okay. You love my wife, don't you? <laughs> he, he, he likes ladies, right? <laughs> Blessings on you, my friend. All right, congratulations. We do have a... This is for... Mackenzie is Tyson. And this is for... God bless you. Blessings on you. Let's give him a hand as they return. Amen. Praise God. As they return, let's all stand together to prepare our hearts to leave this evening, this, this afternoon. I want to remind you that at 6.30, we have our Christmas program today. It's going to be an awesome time with the children. They're always wonderful. And the young people and the adults and everybody, the choir and everyone. It's going to be a great celebration. You don't want to miss that. And uh, so come on out, 6.30 p.m. for a great time. 
It's that time of the year when we celebrate the birth of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Okay? Uh, as you leave today, uh, devotionals are available at the bookstore outside. And don't forget to sign up as you go. As God has spoken to your heart, may you do so as well. For those in the, who are first-time guests, there is someone to escort her to. Sister Sandra is going to escort her hospitality suite. We will be refreshed before you leave today. So she'll escort you as you leave. Let's raise your hand as you pronounce the benediction. The Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up the light of his countenance upon you and give you his peace. As together we say, surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. God bless you. Have a blessed afternoon.